Hello, Joy Sounds listeners. It's Chris. Are you looking for a unique gift for a music fan this holiday season? How about getting them a subscription to Joy Sounds Live Sessions? Joy Sounds Live Sessions is an exclusive playlist of the great performances from the show that you can't find on any other platform. And with new music added every week, this gift will continue to give throughout the entire year as there will always be something new to discover. All you have to do is visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash joysoundsmusic. That's patreon.com slash joysoundsmusic. And sign up for the superfan level at $5 per month. Once you've signed up, I'll immediately be in contact to find out who you would like to receive your gift. All proceeds received will go directly towards the production costs of making Joy Sounds, so you'll also help to ensure that Joy Sounds will continue to be available for emerging artists and music fans far into the future. Thank you so much for your support, and a safe and happy holiday season to you and your family. Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you so much, and it's great to have you here for today's episode of Joy Sounds, music you need to know. Our guest today is Ryland Steen. You may have seen Ryland before as the drummer for the iconic classic rock band, America. Or, before that, as the drummer for the Orange County ska band, Real Big Fish. But what you may not know is that Ryland is a tremendous singer-songwriter with several solo records to his credit. Today, we talk with Ryland about him stepping out from behind the drum set and the courage it required for him to take center stage as an artist. We also talk about his new record, Zotoro which is currently available by reaching out to Ryland via his Instagram page. On today's episode, Ryland performs three songs live in the Joy Sound studio. He performs Come Out Wherever You Are, Hold Me Carefully, and Nothing Left Unset. So to begin the show, this is Come Out Wherever You Are by Ryland Steen on Joy Sounds. Times like these should never end From me to you, from me to you Lost like a fool for you, a fool for you It's all for you Come out, come out Wherever you are Oh, 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 oh,
stood up and watched you walk away with heaven in your hands if only I could make you stay or come back home And that was Rylan Steen performing Come Out Wherever You Are. And now we get to welcome to the Joy Sound Studio, Rylan Steen. Nice to have you here, man. It's wonderful to be here. The tune that you opened up with, uh, Come Out Wherever You Are, was that on a first record, a debut record of yours? It was on the second record I did. So I guess guess you could say I'm currently in the process of a a rebranding process. So I'm I'm just uh, about to put out a third record under my own name, Rylan Steen, um, about Six years ago, I had this grand idea in my head that maybe I'd step from behind the drums and maybe start a band. So the first two records are actually under the moniker um, This Magnificent. So I I had this idea, I'm going to start this band, and that band never really happened. (laughs) The band that never was. The band (laughs) that never was. So I, But I'd made these records, and and, and it was kind of a making this third record uh, that I'm about to release that I finally just thought this is ridiculous I just need to do it under my own name and I think what happened was I think there there was a bit of like I was sort of kind of hiding behind a band name because uh-huh. I thought well if everyone thinks this sucks then I could just say, oh, well, that was like some random band. Not me, yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, that wasn't <laughs> me. A little bit of a, this is a protection shield that you put up, it re- right? It really was, and I think it took finally to the third record and having an, enough people and friends to say, you know, no, this is good, you know. Uh, and luckily, so playing drums for the, the classic rock band America for about five years now, you know, they're gracious band leaders. Every night when they introduce me, they say, this is Rylan Steen on the drums. He's also a singer-songwriter. He's got records out. Go check them out. And I'm sitting there thinking every night, I haven't put a record out yet that actually is just under my own name. So yeah. people are going to be like, for the few people who might actually go, oh, let's go listen to some of this. It's right. like they type in Rylan C and just nothing comes up. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is... This, this is, is the definition of a missed opportunity. Yeah. You get announced every night on stage at an America concert and no one can find you. Exactly. Yeah. So this it was sort of a bit of a coming out of my shell even more so to just sort of... You know, because I think there was that fear of, you know, I think anybody who's in any form of art, whether it's literature or painting or music, whatever, poetry, it's like it, you're sort of saying, okay, this is me. Right. And that that can be a very scary thing. And I think that was the only way I was able to put out music before was sort of under this fake band that didn't really exist. And, and I have to say that now that this 
third record sort of it's the third record of mine but it's really my first coming out as just my own name there yeah. as it was like okay like sort of like holding the final product in my yeah. hand like okay i've put my name on this like okay Here let's put it go. let's put it out in the world and, and it's but luckily i feel like i've traveled enough and played in enough bands and kind of been around playing music to know that as far as the internet goes you never read the comments. I, I, I do have to say, there was, uh, it did make me laugh, though. I was doing an interview. My previous band, I played in a band called Real Big Fish, ska punk band, Orange County, for about 10 years. I did an interview, and uh, it was, you know, it was an on-camera interview, and I was just, you know, gone. I had gone down the YouTube rabbit hole one day, and I, <laughs> oh, look, that, I think that looks like me. So I click on it, and it was just this, whatever, it was just a normal interview. But as I scrolled down, one of the comments was, this jackass knows nothing about music. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's pretty funny, though. You Because know? the reason it made me laugh so much is because I, I'm... I'm actually looking at or watching the interview going, wow, I actually sound like I kind of know what I'm talking about here. And then the first <laughs> comment, this jackass knows nothing about music. Well, I'll, look, all, all we can do is laugh. It's only that you've, you know, dedicated your entire adult life to it. You know, of course. Exactly. Know? Oh, my God. But it's, you know, but it, right there, I feel like that's a great lesson in Take what you do seriously, but you can't take yourself seriously, like in the slightest. While there's still risk involved, you are a band guy. Even from your days in Lincoln, Nebraska, you had that drummer role, which is mm -hmm. always, that's part of the band. That's almost kind of got a support element to it. So this is a big deal. You just step in out of your shell to be the singer-songwriter to take this kind of risk. Yeah. The first time I ever did a performance, um, just to so because I, I have, um, the only live performances I've ever done performing my own music was just solo acoustic. I, I never really had an opportunity to sort of try and put a band together. I, I'm very fortunate in that I, I know many wonderfully talented musicians. The only downside to that is they're all in touring right. bands because <laughs> they're so talented. So of course they're 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 on the road and they're you know gamefully employed musicians. Yes. Um, so I've never had the opportunity to sort of coordinate all that, but. The first time I did a performance, I was so nervous. Oh my god, hands, uh, my hands were shaking, <laughs> and um, so different than being behind a drum kit. So I sort of felt like the best way to just to sort of calm myself down was to address the elephant in the room. At least the elephant that I saw, no one else knew. They just, oh, this guy's gonna get up and play. And of yeah, course, yeah. I'm just like, hey, everybody, this for anyone who knows me. This is the first time I've done this, and I am really nervous right now. And you know, some people kind of laughed and just you know, but that sort of helped calm me down. I think it was a bit like going on a roller coaster you know you're you know when you're standing there looking at it in line you're like i don't know if i can do this yeah and then you get on the roller coaster and you're like let's go that was great let's do it again <laughs> these opportunities to perform you're actually opening for your own band right real yeah. big fish and that's an interesting combination because that those are two different styles of music uh -oh. two different styles of audience <laughs> i mean you're really putting yourself out there yeah and i was really just kind of learning how to sing I mean, I'm still learning how to sing live, but with any acoustic opener, there were some crowds that were kind of into it and, you know, get some people even singing along or clapping or whatever. And then there'd just be some crowds where they're just looking at you, uh. just deadpan, just like, when's this going to be over? <laughs> but uh, the good news about it was I only did about 20 minutes each night. So I think I did just enough time to not let people be like, all right, right. we're done with this. Right, right, right. Uh, but no, it was a great opportunity. And Aaron Barrett, the lead singer, like he, you know, he was really sort of the... He was the leader of the band, and he and I got along so great. And he, I never mentioned it. He just, I had this record that I was just going to put out. And he said, well, why don't you open the, the shows? And I was like, what? That's like, great. Yeah. yeah. And luckily, I'd been in the band for 10 years. So 
I would start each set off with, hi, I'm the drummer from Real Big Fish. Does anyone recognize? And if I, oh, yeah. Oh, you know? <laughs> that guy. So, <laughs> so if, I, think, I think that sort of set people up to be like, all right, we'll, 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 we'll go with you on this for a minute. You got to pass, at least. I got to pass. Yeah. In this effort to sort of diversify, because I was, I was obsessed with drums for so many years. Mm-hmm. Like, I think some of us can get on that path of like, I'm just a guitar player. I'm just a bass player, drummer. Like right. I want and I'm glad that I spent those 10 or 12 years just obsessing over it. But as soon as I started playing guitar, writing songs, I felt like I eventually over the course of a few years found myself playing drums like a musician, you know, instead of playing drums like a drummer would it just felt like I was started making more musical choices. Like I, cause I was definitely guilty of the, Hey, look at me type sure. playing for, well, you know, for years. That's, that's a drummer thing, you know, <laughs> everybody has to go through that. But that's great that you saw the direct connection between your your songwriting and that creative outlet and then how it impacted your drumming. Absolutely. Really cool. They're definitely connected. How about we do a change of pace mm-hmm. and have you play for us Hold Me Carefully. Yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is definitely a different tone than the, the tune you opened up with. But this one's off your current uh, record, your current record. That, that is, uh, is about to be released. I just got the CDs, the hard copy CDs. For all you youngsters out there, that's called a compact disc. Um, <laughs> it's this little round thing that's about the third the size of a vinyl record. In this digital, you know, in this streaming platform age, I feel like your record isn't really out until it's hit all of, you know, whatever streaming platform it is. Right. We all use, you know, yeah. everyone. Then it's quote unquote released. Then it's released. So yeah. I actually thought it'd be kind of cool to have a record where it's almost like a pre-order sort of thing. So if people want to order the CD, I can mail it to them. So it's almost like you're getting this sort of like, oh, I got it before anyone else yeah, yeah. has it. So that was sort of my my uh, my intention at, at first. So I like it. I, I, I like that approach because it's kind of a best kept secret. Yeah. Like, so for the real fans, yeah. you, get the, you get the record before it just... And of course, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm currently holding a copy <laughs> of it in my hand. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the club. Pretty much most of it was just with just me when there when there was downtime in the studio you know i would i just set myself up when it was when it would come time to like recording because i played most of the instruments on the record i had a bass player play on it and i had some friends the, some of the more intricate guitar work i had some friends play on it but it's it was basically just me in the studio the whole time i end up becoming a reclusive where people you know i haven't seen you in a while what have you been doing and it's like you it's like I, well it's just funny because i kind of i have the long hair and the beard right now but it's like you come out looking like howard hughes right. just, the long fingernails like i've been making a record <laughs> yeah exactly it's time to rejoin society afterwards yeah. it, it, coming coming back down from the mountain um but yeah this this song hold me carefully this was one of those i generally try and always have a uh some sort of you know sensitive little ballad type songs but I, i'm a big fan of those like as much as i i'm a fan of just kind of the rockers and, yeah yeah um like i've i've always been drawn towards just a piano and a vocal or just a acoustic guitar and a vocal just as stripped down as possible i always love that sound and that yeah. i was always drawn to that um so on on these these records and on this record there's a there's a couple of tunes where it's just like really stripped down um so actually uh theoretically uh what I'm about to play will is pretty close to what the record sounds like let's check it out yeah okay so this is Rylan Steen performing hold me carefully on joy sounds i'm breaking down the door the story that you can't 
That was "Hold Me Carefully" by Rylan Steen. Yeah, that is a that's a beautiful song. You were kind of telling me while we were tracking that that doesn't come easily to you. Yeah, absolutely. I used to write, at least in my mind, pretty abstract lyrics. Yeah, abstract enough so that maybe people can just sort of decide what the song is about sure. for them. Yeah, and as time has gone on and the more songs I write, I find that the lyrics become, I guess, a little more specific. Maybe I still feel like they're open to interpretation, but. There's definitely that 
yeah, there's sort of, at least from my perspective, it's like, okay, am I really about to sing this? Or yeah. like, is yeah. this going to offend somebody? I'd love to hear how you uh, ended up with the seminal rock band America. Yeah. And what have been the takeaways from that? Because you're coming into, you know, these guys that have decades of experience Five, and perspective. 50 years, 50th anniversary. Pretty remarkable. So yeah. I'm interested in sort of how that has impacted your sort of perspective on music. What have you learned from that experience? Oh, man. First of all, so Jerry Beckley and Dewey Bunnell, two of the three founding members, uh, uh, Dan Peake, he passed... Well, he he left the band in uh, 77, but uh, unfortunately passed away in 2011, I believe. Mm-hmm. But Jerry and Dewey have been carrying the torch for all these years. And I, I even hesitate calling them bosses because they're, they're a couple of the nicest guys you could imagine i love hearing that that's working great. with like 50 years in you know it's like the um i think it, they're 66 and 67 years old um but they're still elbowing each other going like do you believe we we get to do this like they're still saying this is great that we get to do this there's yeah. no there's no sort of obligation they love doing it and and people have said that like when they see the show you know because like you know we're still laughing smiling having a good time like and people see that and um, and I think that definitely, uh, makes people want to keep coming Absolutely. out to the show. Yeah. And also just, you know, those, those, some of those songs are just, they're, they're just, they're a part of people's history, like Ventura Highway or Sister Golden Hair, uh, um, Tin Man or yeah. Horse With No Name, like those, like some of those, those big tunes, people love them so much. And, and you could see, you know, so, there's definitely a wide range of age in the audience, but it's, it's typically, you know, the sort of late forties to 60 year olds that are coming to the show and but you just see them light up and turn into kids again like we're, when we bust into some it's of those huge. songs it's huge it's because you're right it's it's truly a soundtrack for these people oh, man. yeah so how so how i was able to get involved with it was jerry's son matthew we've uh we've known each other uh since we were 19 years old so jerry's known me pretty much half my life at this point almost okay. And so if anything, I make, I always make the joke that it's, that it was like joining uncle Jerry's band. Cause I used to come over to the house and, you know, raid the fridge and, and, but it wasn't until, so, um, so Jerry's son, Matthew, he actually played guitar and worked on some of, uh, uh, Katy Perry's, uh, our early stuff on okay. her first record. So yep. he, he was her guitar player for, I think the first the first album cycle, mm-hmm. but we met each other. I was just playing. I think he was dating a lead singer in a band that I was just sort of playing around town with. But it, you know, it was just the classic, like, "Hey, you, you, you sound good. Yeah. I play guitar. <laughs> we should get together." We started a band. We we played together, and but I would come over to the house, and the crazy thing about it was, you know, because he would say, "Oh, my dad plays in this this band, America," and I was like, "Yeah, I think I know that band." And I mean, of course. So my dad used to make me mix tapes to play drums along to you know when i was 13 years old and uh-huh. i think sister golden hair was on there i think ventura highway was on there so i knew the band but it's always weird when you're actually in the room with somebody or you meet someone yeah. it's weird to make that connection yeah and here's a side note <laughs> i always like this one it, anyway it has nothing to do with me this is just a quick i want to throw this in but we uh it was about a year ago we played some shows with america we played some shows some co-headline shows with uh michael mcdonald uh-huh who i mean for anyone who's not a fan of Michael McDonald, no, like, all right, you're, I don't, right, right, right. I don't know. If we, we don't can, have a conversation. Yeah, yeah I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I got to meet him 
during the day backstage. And, you know, he was very unassuming. You know, I think he was just wearing some cargo shorts and just a T-shirt and like a hat and shook his hand and got to talk to him for a minute and cool guy. And and it was just like, oh, that's cool. I met Michael McDonald. And it wasn't until later that night when he hit the stage and, and you know, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, it's Michael <laughs> McDonald. Like, like it, it was hard. Like, I, it was making that connection. You're like, it's him. You're like, yeah. and so I, I guess to kind of bring it back around, meeting Jerry, just when it's just a, a guy at his house, yeah. like, and, and, yeah. you, and, you know, it's so very unassuming. So Jerry's always done his own solo records throughout the years. And he was making a record. I think it was the record uh, called Horizontal Fall. And this was right when uh, Jerry's son, Matthew, was, was getting into wanting to get more into production. Mm -hmm. And he, he just said uh, to, to Jerry, his dad, he said, well, you know, let my buddy Ryland play drums on a couple of these songs and I'll engineer it. And he's like, all right, I'll give you a shot. And so, and it, it actually worked out great. Uh, so Jerry knew that I could play in that style because his, his solo stuff is still sort of in the America vibe uh -huh, style. Sure, yeah. And so from then on, it seemed like every three or four months, I, you know, Matt would call me up. Oh, Hey, my dad wants to do, do some more drums. Like, okay, great. And it was sort of one of those things where their original drummer, Willie Leacox, he was like putting it out there like, Hey guys, I'm going to retire soon. Mm -hmm. So they kind of had a heads up. So Jerry would sort of just say, Hey, one of these days I'm going to get you in, you know, get you out of that ska punk band. Cause at this <laughs> point I've been playing with real big fish. Yeah. And, and then finally it was in 2014 when Jerry said, well, Hey, Willie, you know, he's made the announcement. He, you know, cause it's, I think he was uh, about to turn 70 or 69 or 70. He was like, sure. guys, it's been 44 years. Like, what a run. It, that is so, well, um, you got to have nothing but mad respect for that run. That oh, is incredible. Yeah. Even someone like Michael McDonald, actually, because we played a handful of shows and just seeing how he is, not just on stage, but just how he hangs around backstage, how he carries himself. Jerry and Dewey, they've maintained perspective in, mm -hmm. in terms of, e like, even they are still feel lucky. And so they're a great influence on, the you know, someone, a younger musician like me, where I can look at them and go, that's how it needs to be. That's how, yes. you, you know... And as opposed to, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's many artists out there that just, you know, everything they have to do is a chore. And oh, it's of like, course. oh, I got It's like, no, this is, we get to do this. This is amazing. All right. So we've mentioned this new record a few times, but we should say the name of the record is Zotoro. Zotoro. And I want to spell it for people. X-O-T-O-R-O. -O, Zotoro. So that you can find it when it's uh, um, in wider release. Um, how'd you come up with the name of this record? I wish I could say it came to me in a dream. <laughs> um, honestly, it just kind of sounded cool to me. So, it's, oh, well, is that it? So, so okay. So I was I was I was hoping that it was like this deep well, mythological creature of some sort, but it's well. A, I feel I, I I still yeah. I need to. I I feel like I should come up with a cool story because actually, so <laughs> my last record um, is called Chemo Q I I M O. And that was and and that one actually had a pretty deep meaning, and because there's these two little sort of bird-like characters on the cover, and so all in the same year, I lost my mother mm. and a friend of mine to cancer, and they both went through the, through the chemotherapy process. So, and I thought the word chemo sounded cool, but I didn't want to spell it how, so I just came up with this different spelling. So that one definitely had a big meaning for yeah. me. I don't know, I just love the way the word looked, you know, Q I I M O and then and also the two eyes sort of represented the fact that it was my second record. So we, you you had some Yeah, I had a thing. And so uh, the honestly the only thing I to say about this one is it seemed like a natural progression having a record called Chemo and then the next one called Zotoro seemed like it worked, but also because this is my third record there there's three Os 
in in the there title. There you go. So there's like so, but as far as like sort of having the word mean something to me, unfortunately, or well, I don't know. It's that's not, enough. It's no, not that's a, enough. I didn't. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need you know huge deep meanings. Third record and what it represents and how it kind of came out of yeah. out of the second record. But in a, as we've already discussed, in a lot of ways. This is a debut recording because this is the first one under your uh, under your own name. And yeah. so that's that's kind of interesting that it's your third record, but it's your <laughs> debut. You know, I, I, for now our Joy Sounds listeners can best catch you when you're on the road with America. But Zotoro, yeah, Zotoro is on its way out, so it's going to be available here pretty soon. Yeah, right? I'm looking to get it out on all digital streaming platforms uh in early december that's great and maybe it's because i'm a little bit older but i, I need to get better on my uh social media game but i, I <laughs> but my biggest presence uh, for for i guess for anyone who's listening my biggest presence is on instagram okay so if anyone wanted to send direct messages ordering these things that's always the best place how about we have you wrap up with a song off of zotoro and this is nothing left unsaid. It's the first song off the record. It's, you know, I've sort of been going through a transitional period in my life the last few years. And and um, I think for the most part, I, I've always been pretty closed mouth when it when it came to, I guess, talking about my feelings or mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or sort of just even what was on my mind. And I felt like this this song and it was one of the first songs written for this record that it mm-hmm. was it was sort of this idea of, uh, you know, well, I mean, it's in the title, Nothing Left Unsaid. Yeah. just try you know doing my best to and I'm still working on it but trying to get to that point where it's you know life can feel very long but you know at the end of the day life is short so you know you don't want to if there's something you want to say to somebody you should you should get it out there as soon as you can I think <laughs> I think those are important and wise words and a and a great way for us to wrap up our show today so Ryland Steen, thank you so much for being on Joy Sense today. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. And to wrap up today's show, this is Ryland Steen performing Nothing Left Unsaid. Who would like to begin? Because every war has to end. Tell me something. Tell me something. But there's no stopping this now Oh God, I wish I knew how Tell me something Ah, tell me something Cause we're chasing fading stars Just say the word And we'll save the world This time we're With all that we have been through Give me something Oh, give me something Cause I've been taking these pills And working up for the kill Here goes nothing Here goes nothing I'll catch you falling Stone. Just say the word and we'll say.
fight to begin Cause every war has to end Give me something Oh, tell me something Just say the word And we'll save the world And this time we'll leave it Nothing left unsaid So tell me now Just scream it out This time we'll leave it Nothing left unsaid Nothing left unsaid Nothing left unsaid Nothing left unsaid Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know. Joy Sounds is produced by Chris Sampson. Executive producer is Kathy Knight. Theme music composed by Chris Sampson and voiceover by Laura Donahue. 